Hello, friends, and welcome to Into the Word, a radio and online program committed to reading, loving, and living the whole counsel of God. Lord willing, our intention is to go verse by verse and chapter by chapter through the entire Bible. Here to continue that journey is our Bible teacher here at Into the Word, Pastor Paul Carter. Your word is a lamp unto my feet. Hope you have your Bible open in front of you to Daniel chapter 2. In this chapter, we are again reminded of the central theme of this entire book, and it is this, God is in charge of the present, and God has a plan for the future. Now, this is a long chapter, so we'll get right into it, starting at verse 1. In the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams. His spirit was troubled, and his sleep left him. Then the king commanded that the magicians, the enchanters, the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans be summoned to tell the king his dreams. So they came in and stood before the king, and the king said to them, I had a dream, and my spirit is troubled to know the dream. Then the Chaldeans said to the king in Aramaic, O king, live forever. Tell your servants the dream, and we will show the interpretation. The king answered and said to the Chaldeans, The word from me is firm. If you do not make known to me the dream and its interpretation, you shall be torn limb from limb, and your houses shall be laid in ruins. But if you show the dream and its interpretation, you shall receive from me gifts and rewards and great honor. Therefore, show me the dream and its interpretation. They answered a second time and said, Let the king tell his servants the dream and we will show its interpretation. The king answered and said, I know with certainty that you are trying to gain time because you see that the word from me is firm. If you do not make the dream known to me, there is but one sentence for you. You've agreed to speak lying and corrupt words before me till the times change. Therefore, tell me the dream and I shall know that you can show me its interpretation. The Chaldeans answered the king and said, there is not a man on earth who can meet the king's demand? For no great and powerful king has asked such a thing of any magician or enchanter or Chaldean. The thing that the king asks is difficult, and no one can show it to the king except the gods, whose dwelling is not with flesh. Because of this, the king was angry and very furious and commanded that all the wise men of Babylon be destroyed. So the decree went out, and the wise men were about to be killed, and they sought Daniel and his companions to kill them. All right. Now, what is going on here is that the king has had a dream that he cannot remember. He knew that it was important, and he knew that it frightened him. But as soon as he woke up, the specific content of the dream escaped him. And so he summons his wise men, and he demands that they tell him the dream and its interpretation. And of course, his wise men tell him that such a thing cannot be done. If the king tells them the dream, of course, they can make a stab at interpretation. But no one can give the specifics of a dream that the dreamer himself cannot recall. Such a thing would be a miracle of God. And that is the point. This whole episode has been ordained by the Lord to show Nebuchadnezzar that there is a God in the heavens. He is large and in charge, and he makes men and kings and kingdoms what they are. He lifts up and he casts down, and he has a plan 
for the future. And God is pleased to reveal this plan to the king through the mediation of his servant Daniel. This story is about God revealing his sovereignty and promoting his servant. We pick up the story again in verse 14. Then Daniel replied with prudence and discretion to Arioch, the captain of the king's guard, who had gone out to kill the wise men of Babylon. He declared to Arioch, the king's captain, why is the decree of the king so urgent? Then Arioch made the matter known to Daniel. And Daniel went in and requested the king to appoint him a time that he might show the interpretation to the king. Then Daniel went to his house and made the matter known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions, and told them to seek mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery, so that Daniel and his companions might not be destroyed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision of the night. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, to whom belong wisdom and might. He changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness, and the light dwells with him. To you, O God of my fathers, I give thanks and praise, for you have given me wisdom and might and have now made known to me what we asked of you, for we have you have made known to us the king's matter. Therefore, David went into Arioch, whom the king had appointed to destroy the wise men of Babylon. He went and said thus to him, Do not destroy the wise men of Babylon. Bring me in before the king, and I will show the king the interpretation. Then Arioch brought in Daniel before the king in haste and said thus to him, I have found among the exiles from Judah a man who will make known to the king the interpretation. The king declared to Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, Are you able to make known to me the dream that I have seen and its interpretation? Daniel answered the king and said, No wise men, enchanters, magicians, or astrologers can show to the king the mystery that the king has asked, But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries, and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. Your dream and the visions of your head as you lay in bed are these. To you, O king, as you lay in bed came thoughts of what would be after this, and he who reveals mysteries made known to you what is to be. But as for me, this mystery has been revealed to me, not because of any wisdom that I have more than all the living, but in order that the interpretation may be made known to the king and that you may know the thoughts of your mind. You saw, O king, and behold, a great image. This image, mighty and of exceeding brightness, stood before you, and its appearance was frightening. The head of this image was of fine gold, its chest and arms of silver, its middle and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. As you looked, a stone was cut out by no human hand, and it struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them in pieces. 
Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold all together were broken in pieces and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floors, and the wind carried them away so that not a trace of them could be found. But the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. This was the dream. Now we will tell the king its interpretation. You, O king, the king of kings, to whom the God of heaven has given the kingdom, the power and the might and the glory, and into whose hand he has given, wherever they dwell, the children of man, the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens, making you rule over them all, you are the head of gold. Another kingdom inferior to you shall arise after you, and yet a third kingdom of bronze which shall rule over all the earth. There shall be a fourth kingdom, strong as iron, because iron breaks to pieces and shatters all things. And like iron that crushes, it shall break and crush all these. And as you saw the feet and toes, partly of potter's clay and partly of iron, it shall be a divided kingdom. But some of the firmness of iron shall be in it, just as you saw iron mixed with the soft clay. And as the toes of the feet were partly iron and partly clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly brittle. As you saw the iron mixed with soft clay, so they will mix with one another in marriage, but they will not hold together just as iron does not mix with clay. And in the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that shall never be destroyed, nor shall the kingdom be left to another people. It shall break in pieces all these kingdoms and bring them to an end, and it shall stand forever. Just as you saw that a stone was cut from a mountain by no human hand, and that it broke in pieces the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold, a great God has made known to the king what shall be after this. The dream is certain, and its interpretation is sure. Well, as you can imagine, People have been talking about this dream for a very long time. Now, part of the problem is that this dream is so accurate in terms of its predictions that some people say it proves that Daniel was written centuries later than it presents itself as having been written. Liberal scholars will say that the accuracy of this dream and of some of the other dreams that we'll encounter later proves that this was not written by Daniel in the exile, but rather was written much later after all of these things came to pass. They just cannot believe that God can tell the future, and yet the Bible says that's what it means to be God. In Isaiah 46, for example, God says, I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand, and I will accomplish all my purpose. So fundamentally, what you make of this dream depends on what you believe about God. If you believe that there is a God, and he does determine and reveal the future, then you read it one way. If you don't believe in God and you don't believe he reveals the future, then you read it another way. Now, let me put my cards on the table. I believe in God. I believe he ordains and reveals the future. And I believe that is what he is doing here through the prophet Daniel. And so this is what I believe the dream means. And in this interpretation, I am standing safely within the consensus of conservative, faithful scholarship. The king had a dream. And in his dream, he saw a statue that represented the kingdom of man in the world. In a sense, it is, it is one kingdom, 
what Augustine called the city of man. But in another sense, it is four kingdoms. The head of gold is Nebuchadnezzar and the kingdom of Babylon. The chest of silver is the kingdom of Medo-Persia. The waist and thighs of bronze represent the kingdom of Greece. And the legs and feet of iron represent the empire of Rome. That these other kingdoms are inferior to Babylon may refer to their quality, or it may simply mean that they are after or lower. In, in the statue, they are below the head of gold. Scholars disagree among themselves how that term inferior should be understood. The point is that all of these kingdoms are connected, and they all were. The Medo-Persians under Cyrus took over the territory and much of the religion of Babylon. The Greeks took over the territory and learned a great deal from the Persians. The Romans adopted almost wholesale the culture and religion and mindset of the Greeks. These kingdoms have a great deal in common, and yet they are distinct from, and in a sense descending from, one another. Now, Daniel also saw a stone not cut out by human hands, that is, a stone from heaven, that came in the latter days of the Roman Empire and shattered the city of man once and for all. This stone became a mountain and it grew into an everlasting kingdom. What Daniel sees is the progress of human history right up to the point where Messiah explodes into the world. Daniel sees that the coming of that king changes everything. His kingdom shall be an everlasting kingdom. That is the dream, and that is its interpretation. Verse 46 goes on to say, Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell upon his face and paid homage to Daniel and commanded that an offering and incense be offered up to him. The king answered and said to Daniel, Truly your God is God of gods and Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries, for you have been able to reveal this mystery. Then the king gave Daniel high honors and many great gifts and made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon and chief prefect over all the wise men of Babylon. Daniel made a request of the king, and he appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs of the province of Babylon, but Daniel remained at the king's court. God knows how to save, protect, and promote his people. He is in control of the present, and he has a marvelous plan for the future. Thanks be to God. Thank you, friends, for listening to another episode of Into the Word. If you're interested in additional resources or previous episodes and series, you can find those at intotheword.ca. You can also connect with Pastor Paul and other Bible readers on our Into the Word Facebook page. Just type Into the Word into your search bar. If you'd like to contribute to this listener-supported program, go to the website and click the Give bar in the top right-hand corner. Once again, that's intotheword.ca. We hope to see you again real soon right here for another episode of Into the Word.